How do the Eagles keep pulling it off and keep winning these really close games? Also, what is going on right now in college football? These playoffs are going to be insane, and there are so many different scenarios of teams that could get in. That and more on the Charlie Jacobs podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 28th, as I am recording this. Week 12 of the NFL season in the wraps. It was a big week. There's a lot of big things that came out of this week. We first are going to start off with me adding one more player to my three-sack club. Rashawn Gary had three sacks this week against Detroit, in which the Packers upset the Lions, and Jordan Love looked good. The whole Packers team looked really good. A player very close to getting back into the club for the third time this season, Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars had two and a half sacks. That would have been his third time making it, but he's just short. He's having a great season. Also, before I get into some game specifics and team specifics, I just want to mention how happy I am that Arthur Smith finally used Bijan in the red zone, and overall he used him more. They won. They're leading the division. That's what happens when you use the player you drafted eighth overall and who you drafted as one of the best running back prospects we've ever seen. Yes, I said best running back prospects ever seen. He's up there. He's awesome. I love him, and I'm rooting for him. But now moving on, Eagles-Bills, this game, arguably the game of the year. Josh Allen in his career is now 0-6 in overtime. The Eagles just always seem to find a way to win. Josh Allen, he looked great. He was the better quarterback in that game for most of it, but Hurts just outdueled him in the end. On that last play of the Bills drive in overtime before they kicked the field goal, it looked like Gabe Davis was going to have that touchdown, but he didn't, and... It was incomplete. I feel like Josh Allen might have missed that throw, but they ended up losing. Now the Bills, they have a bye week this week, and coming up, they have to play the Chiefs, and they have to play the Cowboys. Two games that they could easily lose, but I could also see them possibly winning. And making the playoffs for them is going to be tough. They have one of the tougher schedules left. They also play Miami in Week 18. But going back to the Eagles, if you were watching that game, after the Bills kicked the field goal in overtime, you just knew that the Eagles were going to score. Whether it was three, whether it was seven, it felt like the Eagles were going to get seven on that drive and win the game. And at the worst, get three. They had the momentum, and you just knew that they were going to score. To get to overtime, though, the field goal by Jake Elliott, that 59-yard field goal in those awful weather conditions, was one of the best field goals I've ever seen. And I am not saying that lightly. That was such a great kick it's such a clutch moment and because of him they ended up to go on and win the game that kick I would say look you look at it 59 yards yeah Elliot's been great this year and he's been pretty good in his career but you look at that kick and I don't know if Tucker would make it I don't know if Vinatieri in his prime would make it it's a really tough kick it's really far and then you have to add in the wind and the rain it was really impressive and now going into next week Philly is the home underdog against San Francisco. That's probably because of Lane Johnson's status. Uh, Because the Eagles, they look like such a different team when they don't have Lane Johnson versus when they do. When they don't have him, they're good. They're a really good team. When they do have him, they're unstoppable. And you could see that in a lot of this game, Lane Johnson would have really helped. But now if Lane Johnson plays against the Niners, I think the Eagles should be favored. And... That's going to be a really fun game. That could even take over this game as game of the year because this past game was awesome. Next up, I want to move on, talk about the Texans versus the Jaguars. 
So during the game, there was one play that was called out of bounds, but on multiple replays, when you look at it, Tank Dell caught it and his feet were in bounds. The refs did not say it was a catch, though, and they didn't overturn it after review. Overall, in the Texans-Jags game, the refs were terrible. And I feel like I'm not just speaking for myself. I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about it, and even the announcers were saying that there were some questionable calls. It was a very weirdly officiated game, and it was both ways, though, so there's that. But it was just a weird game. Stroud still looks awesome, and the Texans still have a fairly easy schedule the rest of the way. They're going to still try and get into the wild card, and I think they can. But on the other hand, the Jaguars... Lawrence finally looks a little bit healthier. Earlier in the season, he hurt his knee, and kind of since then, the offense hasn't been as good. That's when they started to lean towards ETN more in those games where he played really well in the middle of the season, and they were leaning on their defense. Now Lawrence was throwing the ball well. He got Ridley involved. Maybe having Zay Jones back really helps open up the field more, but I do think the Jags, they're good. They are really good. They have a chance to actually win the AFC and get the first seed. When I say win the AFC, I'm talking about getting the first seed, but there's a chance for that because they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. And with how this season's been, you never know because the AFC is so wide open right now. But next, before I move on to some college football, I want to talk about the Cowboys really quick. Even though I don't like the Cowboys, you have to talk about Deron Bland right now. He added another pick six, giving him five on the year, breaking the record of four. It's only been 12 weeks, and there's a chance he ups this record even more. It's amazing what he's doing. I saw something earlier today on Twitter that if you add up the interception return yards and the touchdowns for uh, Deron Bland, he has more yards and more touchdowns than Quentin Johnston. Just a kind of fun fact. Also, Dallas, they're probably the third best team in the NFC, but their wins are against average or below average teams. They're not really impressive. Yes, they're beating teams by a lot, but the schedule has been pretty easy and they're not facing great defenses. And they just haven't really beaten a good team yet. They lost to both the Niners and the Eagles. And to go along with this, Dak is having a great year, but he also hasn't played the best defenses. Like when he played the Niners, he was awful. When he played the Eagles, he was okay, not great. But you could really see that he's a different player against these top defenses. And that's what he would have to face in the playoffs. So the whole narrative of Dak chokes in the playoffs is going to come right back. But now that's all I want to talk about for the NFL this week. Because college football is really heating up and it's getting really crazy. So this week, Michigan beat Ohio State. They won for the third straight year. The last Ohio State quarterback to actually win against Michigan is Justin Fields. But now Michigan almost guarantees a spot in the college football playoffs unless Iowa upsets them. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. But Ohio State, even though they're probably not going to make it, there's still a very small chance. So there's that to look at. Also, Washington and Oregon, they are playing this upcoming week, the conference championship week. Pac-12 championship game on Friday, Washington and Oregon. Oregon is favored by 9.5 against Washington, which seems a little bit crazy, but when you look at the history and when teams have played each other twice, the team that won the first game doesn't usually win the second time. 
that's a thing that's happened in college football history. It's a big trend, and maybe that happens again. Maybe that's why Oregon's favored by so much. It's at a neutral site, so Washington doesn't really have a home field advantage. And to go along with that, the past few weeks, Oregon has looked like the better team than Washington. Washington's been barely eking out these wins, like over Oregon State and Washington State. And Oregon is really dominating their competition. Bo Nix is playing at such an absurd level. His completion percentage is off the charts right now. It's crazy what he's doing. He's probably going to win Heisman. And beating Washington would seal that he gets the Heisman. There's still a chance Jaden Daniels win it. But I do think Nix is probably going to get it. And I think, especially if he beats Washington. But winner of this game is going to be in the college football playoffs no matter what. There's a chance the loser, if Washington loses and Oregon wins, there's still a chance that Washington could also get in. And as I said, I'm also going to talk about that later, just like I am with Ohio State. And now before I get into this whole playoff scenario game, I'm going to call it, I want to talk about Alabama. Then unreal last second comeback win against Auburn. And yeah, Auburn's not good this year. But Alabama and Auburn, whenever they play, those games are always really competitive and they're always great games. And it's the rivalry week, so close games is more fun to watch. And it's not as uncommon to see a really close game like this, even with teams with such different records and such different talents on their teams and skilled players, because it's rivalry week and sometimes it can be very unpredictable, but Alabama, they came back, they won the game. That throw at the end by Milrow was incredible. He delivered in the clutch. He's looked a lot better since earlier in the season when they were when they lost to Texas earlier and he had a tough stretch in that beginning. He threw a lot of picks and he just wasn't looking good. Over the past month he's been awesome. He's been awesome on the ground. He's been awesome through the air. And this week they have a huge game against Georgia. And as I said, they have looked better since they lost to Texas early in the season. They look like a completely new team. Credit to Nick Saban, credit to the offense, credit to the defense. And they do have a chance to make it into the playoffs. And speaking of the playoffs, that's what I'm going to get into now. So, there are eight teams that could possibly make the playoffs, and there's only four slots. I honestly wish that this year would be a year where the expansion would have started because you could see 12 teams in the playoffs this year, and there's really scenarios where a lot of them could possibly win. Like LSU right now, Ole Miss, they could upset someone, who knows, but... It's only four teams, and that's what it's going to be for this year. And there's eight teams that could possibly get it, starting off with, obviously, Georgia. If Georgia beats Alabama, they're getting in, no question about it. They're probably going to be number one. Maybe Michigan gets number one, but I think Georgia's going to get number one. But if Georgia somehow loses, there's a chance they could also still get in, but that would require Michigan, Florida State, or Texas. They need two of them to lose to get in without beating Alabama. That's Georgia. They have the most likely path, I think. But I actually have something to say about that a little bit later. Michigan now. If they beat Iowa, they get in. And then similar to Georgia, if Florida State, Texas, or Alabama, if two of those teams lose and Michigan loses, then Michigan would also get in because they also have the edge over Ohio State because they beat them this past week. Washington. They pretty much need to beat Oregon to get in, but there is a slight chance that if Florida State, Texas, and Alabama all lose, and they lose, they could still get in, but that seems kind of unlikely because 
there's some other scenarios, and it's kind of crazy. But that is a possibility. But I don't think all three of those teams are losing. Florida State, they're in if they beat Louisville. And there's going to be some people that argue. If Alabama and Texas both win and Florida State wins, there's going to be people arguing and saying that Florida State shouldn't be in the playoffs and Georgia should even get in over them. It's a really weird thing, especially after losing Travis. Even back earlier in the middle of the season when they lost Johnny Wilson for most of the year, they haven't been as good, but especially losing Travis... They need to win to get in. They need to beat Louisville. Louisville did just lose to Kentucky, but they can be a tough team. If Florida State doesn't win, they are out. And I feel like that's a consensus in the college football world and just overall from what I've seen. Next, you have Oregon. Oregon needs to win to get in. If they lose, they'll have two losses and that'll be impossible for them to get in because of how many undefeated and one-loss teams there are. They need to beat Washington. They need to get their revenge. And if they win, they're in. And they look great. And that's that's what needs to happen for them. Next up, Alabama. If Alabama wants to get in, they need to beat Georgia. And if that happens, it's going to be a whole weird scenario. Because then, if Oregon or Washington wins, it doesn't even matter who wins that game but especially if Oregon wins too, because Washington could still be getting in. There will be five teams or even six teams that could possibly get four spots, and that's after the games happen. It's really weird, and Alabama, if they want to get in, they need to beat Georgia, and I think they would get in. Texas. Texas needs to beat Oklahoma State and... They also need Michigan, Florida State, or Georgia to lose. And especially if Georgia loses, I think Texas is in. Because if Alabama would get in, you kind of have to put Texas in because they did beat Alabama at the start of the season. So yeah, Texas would have to get in because they have that head-to-head advantage. And then finally, the most unlikely, but it could happen, Ohio State. They need Florida State. Texas, Alabama, and likely Oregon. They need all four of those teams to lose, and then that would be the way that they would get in. Very unlikely, but possible. It's really exciting, all these teams that could possibly get in. And it's going to be a really, really fun week of football because there's some huge games in store and huge implications on the playoffs. And speaking of that, before I end this week's episode... It is time for the Jacobs jugular. I think Alabama is going to beat Georgia. And I just talked about all the playoff scenarios. It's going to be really weird. What happens to Oregon and Washington? What happens to Texas if they win? What happens with Georgia? If Florida State wins, what happens? Because Florida State would have to get in. It's really weird. And if Alabama beats Georgia, there's still a slight chance that they don't even get in. It's crazy to think about that, but I do think my big take of the week, I think Alabama can go and beat Georgia. I think Georgia is very talented, but Alabama did show that you can run on them. Auburn ran all over them, but Georgia's run game is one of their weaker spots. I'm not even saying Brock Bowers or Lad McConkey are the X-Factors for Georgia. I think it's going to be Carson Beck. Carson Beck has exceeded my expectations this year, and I think he could be a pretty successful NFL quarterback. I think he could be at least above average, but it really falls on him 
to win this game because yes, he has the weapons, but they need to get the run game going and he's the signal caller there. And I feel like he's the X factor for them, even though it seems kind of obvious that I'm saying the quarterback is, but there's a whole weird situation, as I said, with the playoffs, especially if Alabama wins. It's really close at the top, and it's very exciting, but I wish it would be the 12-team playoffs this year because all eight of these teams really deserve to get in, but not all eight of them are going to make it. And last thing I want to say is that Alabama, the reason I think they're going to win, they're coming off so much momentum after beating Auburn in such extraordinary fashion at the very end of a game, game-winning play, game-winning touchdown. Milrow is playing his best football of the season. Earlier in the season, he was not doing very well. Right now, he's on a tear. He's been playing awesome. If he had these numbers continued throughout a whole season, if he's playing on these paces, he would be a Heisman candidate, and he would he might even be number one because he's having a great year since the beginning where he wasn't so great. And also... What I think is one of the most important things, too, is that they have Nick Saban, and I don't think Nick Saban's going to want to lose to Georgia again, and he's also the most successful college coach of all time. He knows what he's doing, and I think if there's anyone who will deliver an upset and get his team into the playoffs in such a way like this, it would be Nick Saban. But other than that, thank you for listening to NFL Week 12 Recap and along with my college football kind of madness section. But thank you for listening to the Charlie Jacobs podcast. I'll be back next week for my recap of week 13 of the NFL season. And you just know that there's going to be some stuff going on with college football because all of these games will have been played and we will likely know who's going to be in the playoffs by that time. Anyways, that's all. Thank you again for listening.